Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, my name is Candace King. Welcome to a Super Bloom podcast. A few months ago, we kicked off this podcast with a very special guest, Melissa Joan Hart. If you've not already listened to that episode, I highly recommend it because we're just going to jump right in here. And when I say jump in, we are quite literally just jumping right in. We're going to jump right in talking about race car driving and paparazzi and drive me crazy and a crazy super bloom moment that we didn't get to back in our original episode. So please go listen to that first. Um, And if you're just feeling a little wild today, you're like, no, I'm just I'm going to just jump right into the deep end. Well, then buckle up, buttercup. Let's go. Um, I'm so excited to sit back down with my dear friend, Melissa Joan Hart for part two of this very fun super bloom episode series enjoy wait so you don't you're not a, a celebrity gossip person have you ever been Mm-mm. like were Mm-mm. you big into us weekly back in like the heyday of the aughts yeah i did like a little bit of that like a little like celebrities are just like us like when oh. i first started did you do the thing people? where where you would like arrange it with the photographer no i wish i had been that smart I so wish I'd been that smart. Like I could have set up some great scenarios, but instead they caught me taking out my trash and my sweatpants when I just had a baby. Oh no. And you didn't even get paid to do it. No, no, I should have. I always told people, I was like, if you ever want to make some money, tell them I'm going to be at Starbucks at two (laughs) o'clock. I mean, I did one of them where it was like an arranged photo setup, and it was the worst. It was like, basically I had to be on a computer screen scrolling a website. I forget what it was. 
And this was the first and only one that I've ever done like this. But um, but they were like, we want her at a coffee shop scrolling a website. And I was like, well, that doesn't I don't want to be like working with a photographer in a coffee shop. This was pre Instagram, pre like you could like no one was doing content shoots. You know what I mean? This was like felt so like dirty. So I was like, no, what if I'm at a park and I'm just like looking for something online? And they were like, "Okay." so I meet with this photographer and he comes up and he's like, "Okay." so I guess I'll be over here. You want to just sit there. And I was like, okay. And so I'd point this iPad, my iPad to him with this website while also, and then I felt like too embarrassed, like I wasn't doing enough. So then I also grabbed my cell phone and pretended that I was like on the phone, like hunched over, like just casually sitting in a park on a blanket, scrolling a website, pointing it towards a camera while I'm also on the phone with someone to look like I'm not paying attention. You're making me think that actually then I have done these then. Because <laughs> there was like, there was like two times when I actually did. Okay, there was one where they were like, we need you and your kids to be shopping for something in the grocery store. And I was like, okay, okay. But I didn't understand that it was like that. And then when I got there and I said hi to the photographer, he was like, oh, just walk down there. Here's the cart, go. And I was like, okay. And I went shopping and like, I realized he was at the end of the aisle taking pictures. I was like, oh, that's weird. And then we did it one other time. I was in New York doing press or something. Oh no, I was with my kids in Connecticut. But they were like, come into the city and sit in the park and and put give your kids this to eat or something. And I was like, okay. <laughs> But still, I was like, hey. And they're like, no, 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 no. Like, and then Pretend I went, oh, we're this not is here. sketchy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I didn't, I think I thought that they we're were We're just going to photograph shoots. you and your children. Would yeah. pretend that we're not here. <laughs> I think I thought they were photo shoots until I realized they weren't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But now they're so normal. Now everyone's doing hashtag ads. Like, this is a very yeah. normal part of like, you know, of like a way that people make a living uh, from very like the influencer culture is like a whole new way of it it's just and so without bizarre faking that, it, without acting without, like it's a it's a uh you know without acting like it's an organic photo shoot it's yes. now okay to be like promoting something especially if you really like it <laughs> yes um well i i was so honored that you were the first guest of this podcast and and you know one of the first people i really got to know moving here in nashville at like such a crazy time and um i there was so much more to talk about we didn't even get to your super bloom moment we were just (laughs) hinting hitting we were just hitting your your side hustle of being um a a race car driver in your spare time (laughs) because you said there was a lack of female race car drivers so of course you (laughs) that's what you were doing you know what um, i always look for the hole i look for the entry like where (laughs) is there a lack of little blonde people doing whatever (laughs) you're like race car driving obviously (laughs) race car Um, driving is a place they need short blondes for sure well i definitely want to get into your career as a race car driver but before we do that (laughs) I do want to touch on your super bloom moment because I know that we talked a little bit about it in uh, like just as friends, but not really. We never got to it on on this episode. And I know you've talked about it in other interviews, but it was really at such an important time that I'm starting to recognize now, like deep into my 30s, looking back at this kind of this moment in life where you know, as Britney Spears once said, you're not a girl, but you're not yet a woman. Um, But when you're really figuring out who you are. And so the fact that you, you know, were not only a young woman, but also a a very independent 
businesswoman. I mean, you were you were on your own success, second successful show. You were crushing it. You were starring in movies. You and your mom were producing things left and right. You had such an incredible career that you had made not only, you know, with your mom alongside of you, but really within with yourself as well and, and still were was able to remain so grounded. And there was a point in time where you'd had all the success and it was threatened to be taken away from you because you had decided to um, uh, do a photo shoot, essentially. Partake in the uh, precedent. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. So just like you said, I was on I was on Sabrina, my second show. I guess it was we started that show in 96 and this would be about. So in 1998, I was filming and the movie became it became called uh, uh, Drive Me Crazy. It was originally called Next to You. But they decided to name it Drive Me Crazy because of Britney Spears' song, um, which I wasn't thrilled about. I was more of a hard rock girl, not so much a, like, boy band pop girl. Um, so I was like, you know, here's Sarah Michelle Gellar doing Stone Temple Pilots, and I'm doing Britney Spears stuff, you know, like, <laughs> so. Um, um, but also part of an iconic music video forever. Oh, totally. But at the time, it just the seemed time, like I was like, like I know. Mm, do I really want to be, a t-? you know, I was like, I wanted to be like with Red Hot Chili Peppers, you know, which like, makes me giggle because like as someone who was also watching the show at the time, you had every single like hot boy band on like every oh, yeah. big but star celebrity like was coming school, onto the show. But yes. old school, Violent Femmes and Blondie and um, 10,000 Maniacs. And I mean, we had some amazing and then I mean, we had Johnny Mathis at Christmas and we had you know, the monkeys and like, you know, so all on Sabrina some, like, the Teenage Witch. Yeah. All on Sabrina. We had some amazing guest stars. I think it's because a lot of people's like kids and grandkids watched the show. And so it was cool for them to be on, you know, like, like I think it's the same reason, like a lot of people do like Dance with the Stars or something or want to do these Christmas movies. Like the same reason I get Rita Moreno to be in my Christmas movie because, um, you know, they're like, oh, well, my grandkids watch it and they think it's cool. So, you know, um, but anyway, so yeah, so I was doing Sabrina. I guess we were about season three when I started filming drive me crazy. We were filming it in Utah and I was doing Sabrina during the week in LA and going back and forth. I mean, I think I had 51 days where I didn't have a day off. And on Sunday nights, I wouldn't sleep because we'd be doing night shoots in Utah. I'd go all night, Monday morning, I'd jump on a plane, go to LA, go to rehearsals for Sabrina, go to the recording studio for the animated series. Like it was just like hectic chaos, right? My whole life for those years, like 98 to 2001 was just hectic because I was doing movies in between and press and just, I mean, and I, and I have a very busy social life, as you know, because <laughs> you're part of it. <laughs> I like to stay busy. I like to go to all the things, all the things. I don't say no. I'm like, we're carving pumpkins. You got it. We're going to Lizzo. You got it. We're going to dress up and go look at Christmas lights. You got it. Like, where are we going? What are we doing? And you're going to supply the costumes and extra itineraries. We're gonna yes. Glue yeah, yeah. on the, at the, you know, the ugly sweater, mm -hmm. uh, tacky bits and you know, all that. So, um, yeah, so I was super busy and at this time in particular, because Sabrina was so big and because it was such a huge show for me, like the amount of work I had to do on that show, every, almost every line, every scene, every, like, I mean, out of the, you know, 50 pages of the script, I was in 40 of them was heavy me. And so the amount of like learning and rehearsals and, and, and fittings and all that stuff that had to go along with it. So that's just to say, I was, I just remember it as like a super hectic time, but I was young and I could handle it. Right. So Sabrina's on the air, Drive Me Crazy's coming out. I've done the video. We're doing so much press. Brittany and I both, we're doing press in Utah. I remember being in Utah doing press. We're hosting TRL in New York. We're doing the big press days in New York. Well, I was supposed to leave. So I was supposed to be 
at the Drive Me Crazy New York event. And my family lives in New York. So I wanted to see my family. I have all my childhood friends. Like I had a lot of people in New York that I wanted to be with. And I was having a premiere and a premiere party. But I was also flying to Vancouver to shoot the movie Scary Movie. I was supposed to be the opening character in Scary Movie. So I'll get, I'll get to that in a moment. So um, I wake up that morning. It's like 4 a.m. by the time I get ready and go do like Regis and Kathy Lee or whatever it was at the time. And, you know, Good Morning America and Stacia, whatever. Like all the different, hitting all the things, right? Yeah. The New Huge York day of press. And I've been doing press for like two or three days, which as you know, is it's exhausting. You're getting yeah. up so early. And if you're getting up at 4 a.m. and West Coast time, that's 1 a.m. It's like you're just thrown off, right? And then you're trying to party with your friends and family and and go to dinners and stuff like that. And so then it became the last day of press. So I'm exhausted already. I was going to break up with my boyfriend who was in the movie with me at the premiere. So I was showing <gasps> up to the premiere. Greenway? No, it was, um, his name was Gabe Carpenter. He was, uh, he was the boy I was chasing in the movie. Funny enough, Adrian sort of dated Allie Larder for a hot minute. And I was dating Gabriel Carpenter, the people we were chasing in the movie, the people we kind of hooked up with. Um, but we had a a great relationship, but it was like very platonic, but, um, but so we, so we're at the premiere and I'm thinking, okay, I gotta, I gotta say hi to my dad and my brother and you know, my siblings who are young, they're in their teen year, you know, they were teenagers and I want to hang out with them and I want to see some friends. And I had to break up with my boyfriend, but I had to, I had to walk the red carpet and immediately I was supposed to say goodbye to everybody, leave, get in a car, go to the airport, fly to Vancouver and shoot the next day in Vancouver. Wow. So I'm like, but there's a party going on at Planet Hollywood. I'm going to miss it. I'm just exhausted. I'm, you know, at the time I was like, partying a little you know drinking a little bit well you're in your early 20s oh i'm 22 23 yeah Yeah. that is like you're college aged and And i was living the dream living the fucking dream i really was i'm like so but i had to wait in the i remember waiting in the limo for britney to show up for like 20 minutes and i'm sitting there in front of the red carpet i could open the door and do all the press i know i have to do this hour-long press line right but they're like you have to wait for britney i'm like why it's not her movie (laughs) you have to wait for britney it's her song it's her song but can she meet? Can I go do some? I'm gonna have to do stuff by myself anyway, and of course we're gonna do photos together. But let me go do my stuff. She can meet me when she's here. No, 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 no. You gotta wait. So I had to wait in the car, which was like killing me, knowing all this other stuff I had to do tonight. And uh, anyway, so I, I go to the premiere. I kiss my family. I break up with my boyfriend. I cry my eyes out, like because I'm leaving. Especially my baby brother. I hadn't seen him forever. I get a quick minute with him, and then I gotta leave. Get in the car. I'm crying. And back then we didn't have cell phones, so the phone rang on the limo, I think it was. And I was like, hello. And they're like, you've just been fired from the movie, scary movie. Don't go to the airport. You can stay and go to your party. And I was like, woohoo, like relief, but also like, oh, that sucks. But you know what? I'm, hey, turn this bitch around. Let's go back. I'm going to go to Planet Hollywood and meet them there. Let me go get a gin and tonic before they get there. Right. Because they're watching the movie and I've seen it. So I go to the party and I've had a drink or two and I'm just exhausted and I've already been emotional and so I'm there and everybody starts showing up. I'm like, hi guys. Hi, hi, it's me. Hi. And they're like, what happened? I'm like, I got fired. I don't know. I'm, here I am. They found someone with bigger boobs is what it turned out. Right. They needed. Gotcha. They, I was like, I remember during the fitting in Vancouver, fired? they kept trying to, they kept trying to build them up and it just wasn't working. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I wasn't busty enough for that role, which is totally fine. Cause I got to stay at my party. An interesting so part the- of the job requirement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Especially that one. Especially um, that one. So I end up, uh, you know, a little bit like, yeah, this is great. I'm going to, I have a few days now to kill because I'm supposed to be shooting a movie. So I'm going to just hang out in New York, mm-hmm. I guess, figure out when I'll fly home. And um, 
So now I'm like happy. I've had a few drinks, but I'm also like exhausted. And my lawyer comes running up to me as everyone's kind of entering and I'm saying hi and I'm explaining the situation. And he comes running up to me. He goes, don't talk to the press. Don't talk to anyone. You're being fired from Sabrina. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, have you seen the cover of Maxim magazine? I was like, well, I know I did a photo shoot, but I never saw it. No, I don't know what it looks like. And to this day, I think it's the only magazine I've ever seen do this. I, and they never did it before or after, as far as I know. But for some reason, on the cover of Sabrina, they put, I mean, Sabrina, Maxim, they put Sabrina, your favorite witch without a stitch. They did not write Melissa Joan Hart. So it very boldly said Sabrina across the bottom with me wrapped up in a sheet. And my contract was very clear with Archie Comics. And since my mom had bought the rights from them for like a dollar, they were always trying to like figure out how to monetize something that they'd basically given away. Yeah. And, um, and so I ended up being terrified that I was going to uh, have to, well, be fired from my show. For but why being, were they going to fire you because of the- my contract very clearly stated that if I was going to play this character, there were certain rules I had to live by. I have to wear a seatbelt. I have to cross at a crosswalk. I have to, I can never be seen undressed. So there, there were certain rules and behaviors sort of like a, like when you have a, um, not a non-disclosure, whatever, you know, you have to behave in a certain like way. Like a morality clause. Morality clause sort yeah. of thing as far as care, caring for this character. And uh, I had betrayed that apparently because they wrote Sabrina on the cover, which is not my fault. Like I didn't no. say, hey, guys, call me Sabrina. I actually hate that. And could could we, you, was it also because of the way you appeared on the cover of the magazine? They tried to say. It's because of the magazine's nature. It was a sexy magazine. It was like one step down from Playboy. Like you're like half dressed. And I mean, some of the pictures they wanted to take of me, I wouldn't allow. Um, but they'd always been fair to me in the past and shown me dressed <laughs> because I've never took pictures of my underwear before. So when I did Maxim, I decided, you know what? I'm 23, feel hot. I'm gonna, I'm not, I was never shy on my body. I just decided not to do, um, anything further than that because when Maxim did come out, my brother and my dad were sort of like tortured by people constantly throwing it in their faces. And I was like, oh, I don't want my like 15 year old brother to have to see his sister on the cover of like one of these men's magazines constantly his buddies teasing him about it I was like I'm not going further than that like when I was offered I think I was offered Playboy and a lot of money and I was like mm, not because I'm not proud of my body or or would be ashamed of it because I didn't want that to happen to my brother and my father so here I was I didn't pick the photos I didn't write the article and I was being fired so I freak out my lawyer like freaks me out he's like you're being fired my mom calls me wherever she was and she's the producer and so she's freaking out she's losing her job too she's like what did you do and I was like what do you mean what did I do she's like what did you do that you got us in so much trouble and I was like I I didn't I don't know I my publicist brought me into a place yeah. there was a rack of underwear I put them on and I posed sexy I, I was really well, sleepy that day because I partied all night at the Playboy Mansion and I was just sort of like hey and like all the pictures look really kind of like <laughs> hey what's going on like I was exhausted I think in one, one of the does, pictures they yeah. actually Made my eyeballs look open. I swear. <laughs> Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. I do want to also just point out for a second that when you're an actor, you are called to set. You do, like, especially at that time, like you do fittings, you know, you're kind of told where to go, what to do. Yeah. This is what you wear. And you can have pushback and have an opinion. But Sean also, Astin calls it a meat puppet. We're meat puppets. Yeah, sometimes you are. You know, <laughs> sometimes you are. And sometimes you pick your battles. And also, like, that is not irrational to be a 22, 23 year old who goes like, yeah, you know what? I do want to feel a little bit sexy. And yeah, the, I've been to the Playboy Mansion the night before. What I was wearing was way overdressed for yeah, what was going on there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, it didn't feel I, I was comfortable. Let's just say I was comfortable. And um, and I hadn't been before. There have been other times when I've been like, no, 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 no. I'm going to need to wear more than that. But this was not that kind of magazine either. Well, they, also, it was a bed sheet. Everything was covered except your shoulders. Oh, yeah, There wasn't yeah, even totally. a bathing suit. My, my, like, the side of my waist, like a, yeah, like a bathing suit would be, right? Um, and so what happened was also there was another moment there where my father and I have never had, like, really tender moments. He He's a great guy and we have a good relationship, but he's never been, like, a really, you know, huggy dad. Like, my, like we don't have, like, that, you know... I'm not daddy's little girl by any means. And we at the time had barely seen each other that much. And he comes walking in the party and he's like, you okay? And I'm like, kind of freaking out, like panicking on the phone. My mom's yelling at me. I'm like, (gasps) and he comes over and hugs me, which then just like waterworks start because my dad's never like hugged me when I've been upset before. So it's like this raw emotion of like, I'm tired. I'm a little drunk. I've been, I've been fired. I've been, I've broken up with a guy tonight. I'm like, all these things happen at the same time. So if you look at these pictures of me and Britney Spears from Planet Hollywood, you'll see my eyes are totally red. It actually kind of made my blue eyes like pop a little bit more. So it's kind of pretty, but like <laughs> you can see I'm like totally red. And, um, and I just been like crying. Cause I was like, my dad's holding me. Like he never does that. And then I'm having this soft moment with my father, but my lawyer's like freaking out. My mom's freaking out. And I, I'm, I'm, I just, I'm just exhausted. I don't know what to do with my life. Did you go home and sleep? Because it also sounds so like you had I was in a hotel. Slept. They had to get my hotel back for me. I ended up 
waking up the next morning with like four of the guys from my cast in my hotel, like a bunch of people just scattered around my hotel room. And from my mouth, there was like chocolate ice cream trailed across my face that led over to a nightstand with ice cream bowls sitting with melted ice cream. So I don't know what happened that night, but I got, I got, I must've had a few drinks, been like freaking out. And the whole time I'm thinking I'm getting fired. So I hid out in a movie theater for like two days. I watched movie after movie in a movie theater in New York until I finally decided to jump a plane back to LA. The Which whole knowing time, you, knowing- like that's how also we, our first time hanging out, you were like, you want to come watch a movie night? And I was like, <laughs> Like, you're like we're gonna go see an old like an old movie in the theater yeah. they do it like once a month and I was we like went to okay. see Citizen Kane right yes yes <laughs> I was like all right cool let's do yeah, it come on yes. movie night so that um, tracks yeah. that, so that would be your sanctuary I disappeared into a movie theater no one could find me because I didn't have a cell phone back then so if I wasn't sitting in the hotel room they couldn't really find me so I went and watched movie after movie not knowing what to do with myself and um hung out with some friends in the city and just sort of disappeared for a few days and then got calm and right. And like went back to LA to figure out what was going on. Am I going back to my series? Am I not? And it all sort of started to go away, right? Where they were like, well, you need to write an apology. Eventually it became like, you need to write an apology. And I said, I'm not writing an apology. But recently when I moved, I found some paperwork. There was an apology written for me. Apparently I think I signed it, but I don't remember ever doing that. Cause I remember going, I'm not apologizing for anything. I promoted my show, but what's crazy in my super bloom moment is that at the moment, it looked absolutely dire. Like everything was coming to an end. I had already been fired from this movie I was going to do. Now I'm being fired from my show. My lawyer's mad at me. My mom's mad at me. My dad's all of a sudden being kind. Like it was just a weird, like I was like, I was like, what kind of weird universe is this? And how am I going to get out of this? Like just felt so the end of my world. Nothing was like Because that was like, your whole left. identity, your whole world. Yeah. And everything, everything felt like it was just, it was gone. It was going to be gone. Like I just, it just imploded. And, um... And then to find out that like my movie opened to huge ratings because for the next week, Jay Leno talked about it on the Tonight Show. Regis and Kathy Lee talked about it every morning and every single outlet was covering whether or not I was allowed to be sexy. Um, and I was 23. So what's the argument? Like I'm not, it's not like when Britney Spears did the cover of Rolling Stone or Miley Cyrus did she was something 17. a little bit later. Yeah. And Miley was a 15 or 14. Yeah. I think, and I feel like I took a lot of the blow before they did like. I think there was a lot more put on me. So then maybe, maybe hopefully it lightened it up for them a little bit where it wasn't as big a discussion as it might've been because it had already kind of happened with me. But in my case, I was an adult and I made a decision to promote my movie. I think they got it pretty bad. <laughs> like it was, yeah, they did get it bad. They, they did got get it bad. really, really bad. Yeah. So whatever you, because they also weren't, but I don't think an they did. I think their people did. I think and they I got think, it pretty bad. You think they did? Yeah. Like just the way that they were constantly portrayed. And I also think that you underestimate oh, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. how they were portrayed mean. publicly and and constantly just um in in and just like having to field question after question after question after question. Whereas I feel like you underestimate the whole the grip that you had of your identity at a young age. Like the fact that and I've and we've talked about this, and I know like the whole, you know, group of mom friends that you've gotten to know here, like have also said this, that it's really impressive that not only were you successful at a young age, you know, you were you worked with a parent who was also became like your co-producer and co, you know, manager and, you know, who would also have a more children. You were the oldest of all your siblings. Many, you had a very children. successful <laughs> career. Yes. 
And you are very grounded and you know yourself very, very well. And the fact that like a night like that could have spun out into a million different ways and your way of handling that was to turn into yourself as opposed to turn outward and have other people be like, tell me what I need to do to fix it. You're like, no, no, no. I need to look inward and say, how do I feel? Uh, You know, and that doesn't happen for a lot of child actors. Yeah. Yeah, There was a weird maturity about knowing I also needed to not hide, but there was nothing I could do about it. It was out there and it was done. So what am I going to do? So there's nothing. So uh, like I said, I woke up hungover and like, so I know I, I stayed and I partied at Planet Hollywood, but I think that's, that's all I did. Then I was like, who wants to come back to the hotel with me? And like, and eat ice cream. Came <laughs> and eat ice cream. Cause that's my, that's what I need. I need chocolate ice cream when I'm in a bad mood. But, um, yeah, so it all felt very dangerous and very unsafe. And now of course, looking back and not long after I was able to laugh about it and say, that was a really scary night for me, but it turned, it taught me that everything gets better with time. Nothing is as serious as it seems at the moment with heightened emotions and, and, and when it's presented to you, I've learned to take that sort of that angsty feeling of like, uh, like, I don't know what when you have no control over something like how to um, give yourself the control and to understand that like, this isn't as bad as it seems, we're going to get through this. And just to know that there's a season for everything. And there's, and, and it's that saying, like, when God closes the door, he opens a window, like there's, it's going to be okay. And I was able to joke about it about a year later and say, when people kept asking me about it, like, well, what about the Mac, what happened with the Maxim thing in press events and whatnot, I would say, well, so the big argument was, am I allowed to be sexy? Guess what? My, my movie grossed a lot of money and, um, was one of the biggest hits for Fox that last year. So I think it worked out okay, you know? And, yeah. um, and so it was interesting because it really did kind of elevate me to a grown up. Like it made people look at me like a grown up for the first time ever. And everyone always thought of me as their little girl. They still do, but that helped in certain ways to, especially in the industry to open eyes a little bit more as far as me being like, being able to be a woman. Well, also, and I think that that is important that you were in your early 20s and and saying like, absolutely, I have every right to am I allowed to be sexy? Yes, I am. I am a woman like I am a grown woman. I but whereas like questioning that for like a 17 year old, obviously, Mm -hmm. is so fucking problematic. But but how does that feel to also everyone that you were listing is men that were speculating? You know what I mean? Like this is a world of like broadcasting, especially when you were at the height of like that type of fame that existed in, you know, the early aughts. Like that was also a very male dominated workplace within Mm -hmm. journalism and talk shows. And um that you impressed that you would have been doing. I mean, do you recall what it would like, did you have to take a step back and did it make you question yourself, your, your sex, like your ability, your relationship with your sexual self or like your ability to feel sexy? Not or? really. Cause I always was, I mean, I was between boyfriends at this point now. Um, but I mean, I was dating that guy from the movie, but we weren't like, truly exclusive. So when I say I broke up with him, it was just because I was sort of like, I'm, I'm not going to keep doing that. Like it was sort of like whenever I went to New York, I saw him and I was kind of ending that, but I was pretty, I was probably felt pretty secure with who I was, um, sexually and morally and 
um, kind of always, I knew that I was like, I always had the look of like a little girl and I would never kind of get to that, like Charlize Theron, like woman phase. Like, I feel like women that look like me are like little girls until they're old ladies. Like you kind of have this weird switch where all of a sudden you're like, you're like, oh, you're so cute. Oh, you got wrinkly and old. So it's like this weird, like <laughs> one night you just flip and you're just like an old lady. All of a sudden, literally, Candace, I don't know if I told you this. I got asked to be a grandma in a recent movie. So to play <laughs> grandma. So I think that moment's happening how old is, for me how old pretty is the, soon. Yeah. Like you have teenagers. Like, are, <laughs> are you a teen grandma? Like, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a great, yeah. My 16 year old has a two month old. I guess. No, I was supposed no. to be like the grandma of like a seven year old and the mom of a 37 year old. I'm 46. Yeah. Was I mm-hmm. nine when I had yeah. her? <laughs> this isn't biblical days. I mean, <laughs> um, I mean, I can't stress enough how impressive it is that like in such a toxic time for fame, you really just walked through it with like enjoying the hell out of it really successfully creating a life for yourself. I mean, uh, you, at what point, I know you started, because you continued to work, you continued to work um, and and really just lean into all the fun stuff. That is what I think is so incredible because so many people have like walked through it, but then hear like, well, it didn't turn out the way that I wanted. And I just wanted to be Charlize Theron. And I just, and I know we touched about, touched on this in the last episode, Um, but I just really am reminded, like, I think of you a lot when I think about, you know, as I'm walking through my career right now and how I want to enjoy, I just want to enjoy it. I want to work with good people. I want to provide like a good life for my kids. I want to provide a good life for myself and I have little ones. Yeah. Yeah. You need to make space for the little ones because they're only little ones, you know, like I'm seeing the fact that I, I have this ticking clock in my head of the amount of years I have left with children in the house. I love that you said this kind of like false narrative of what like that we could have it all because that is what I think regardless of what industry you're in if you're a working parent it's this like ridiculous notion that you exact everything that you just said that you can be like in charge of the PTA take all the kids to all their things be at every single game be like you know bossing it at work you know start a new adventure have like a hobby like know how to cook, yeah. be making money and like have pickleball. glowing skin, playing, be super fit. Yeah. 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 Everyone's fucking pickleball. <laughs> it's like you can't. It's it yeah. doesn't it doesn't you can't you will never win 
that running up that hamster wheel. It's just, it's not running up that hill. It's a hamster wheel that you never get anywhere and you're never good at any of it if you try to be good at all of it. Running up that hill. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, (laughs) Oh, yes. But when, when did you hit your limit? I mean, you, just knowing you from the time I've gotten to know you, I know that like you really love what you do. You love the job. You love the work. I mean, you've been directing a lot more. I've realized I love being on set. set. Yeah. But you also really love being a mom. So when did you start to feel the push and pull from that? At what point were you within your marriage and having kids? Did you start to go like, oh, wow, I can't have it all. I can't only focus on my career. I, I I need to be at home. And now that I'm at home, I also am like looking out and seeing all these other people doing all these other things. And and where you start to feel all of those. Well, Instagram makes that so much worse, right? Like the social media aspect of things now makes things so much worse. So when I first had babies, that didn't exist. And like I said, I, I don't know if we were recording when we were talking about like the paparazzi world and whatnot, but like when, when I first had Mason 2006, um, they, the paparazzi was predictable. It was at the Ivy. It was at Rodeo Drive. The rise of the paparazzi when you had your second yeah. child. You're being photographed. You're at the Starbucks. These dudes like don't care um, that they're photographing <laughs> yeah. you, but they're upset that they thought that they were being photographed. But also just like all of a sudden, and then you, so you'd gone and done the Christmas movie. But like, yeah, so with, when- with the first one, I didn't work for a year, like intentionally. And when Brady was born, I had two movies I did within like the first six months of him being born. I was shooting in Baton Rouge. I was shooting in Atlanta. So I did uh, work a lot then because in our business, look, you have to take the work when it comes, right? What I have really struggled with becoming a mom in recent years and also a mom before a lot of my other friends were becoming moms mm-hmm. and being a working mother and uh, was trying to figure out like, I, I know I cannot miss this job opportunity. I went back to filming Vampire Diaries six days, I mean, six weeks to the day I was back on film, uh, mm. filming episodes again. And I, that was my choice. I was offered a longer maternity leave, but I also then would have missed out on, you know, episodic rates. Mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't have made my, I, I'd already made my episode count. So this was all like bonus to me. And I didn't yeah. want to miss out on that financial opportunity. So I, I went back to work after a six week, very short lived maternity um, leave. And then uh, at work, I was working such crazy hours that I never got to see my newborn. I'm like pumping at work. You know, there were, there would be times where we were staying in the same apartment and it'd be three days without like seeing my daughter. And, and then her dad was traveling for work. So it was just really difficult. And so by the time I could live with my, with her dad, you know, I could live what we could live as a family unit. Neither of us were traveling for work. I leaned into, I'm going to just be home with the kids. And unless it's this giant needle moving job opportunity, I'm just going to say no, because Uh I need to be here with the family. I felt like a failure of like a mom for a really long time. I didn't know that my daughter spoke sign language. Like I didn't know that she was a baby that knew sign language until like a babysitter told me that she was good at signing things. Well, I have a lot of friends like that that are in the industry, not necessarily actors that like didn't realize their child was speaking Spanish or didn't, yeah, that, you know, um, because our industry is so crazy. We work crazy hours, um, dangerous hours. The unions are trying to change that. But 
Um, but the thing, like, you might regret not taking a job here and there, but you'll, you will regret not being there for, you know, the kindergarten, um, storybook parade or the, you know, the graduation to kindergarten or, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, I feel like, uh, those are the important moments that we need to take. And cause those are the moments of life too. That's like, that's the circle of life is like having those, those momentous occasions, those, um, from no matter how small, like I won't, like I said, I won't miss Halloween because I, I missed one Halloween in their childhood. And the thing is they've missed many on their own. Oh, here are my teenagers. Hi guys. Um, they've missed many of their own, uh, Halloweens because of COVID and because of, um, uh, hurricanes coming through and knocking out power and things like that. So there's been a lot of missed opportunities in those, but I don't want to be the reason that, you know, I'm not there for something. Um, there's been one Halloween when I flew in late at night, was able to kind of kiss them goodnight, but I missed the trick or treating and it broke my heart. It broke my heart the first time I ever didn't dress my kids in green because I was out of town for St. Patrick's Day. And I knew they were going to get pinched at school and there was nothing I could do about it. My husband <laughs> forgot the green and I was devastated. So, you know, there's, there's, but there's a lot of that. There's a lot of mom guilt. There's a lot of work guilt. There's a lot of all of it. We have to give ourselves permission. And we were raised in a time when it was like, women can do anything, but should we? Was not asked. Should we? Should we do everything? Or can we well, do everything you, well? You can't. You can't be a full-time, like, you cannot work full-time and also be a full-time stay-at-home parent. You know what yeah. I mean? Because yeah. that's what it means to have, like, that's the thing of, like, you can do everything. Like, yeah. you cannot that is to to make meals for every single meal oh, and no. take care of yourself and, be and the like cute little bento star- box lunches <laughs> and yeah no and 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 hand make their costume and yeah, yeah. No, like um and make all the brownies for the pta bake sale and yeah you can't and um th- so the thing is like i pick and choose and i find my times and um but i do like that we are able as actors um, and directors and you know because of this industry we are able to I, I like when I can go away to work get all my work done whether it's like going to a red carpet doing press taking meetings while I'm also directing a show or you know seeing some friends in LA and then come home and be full-time mom like come home and be like well I'm not working now. I was working then I was working for those two weeks now these two weeks I'm going to be at home and I'm going to go to the school and I'm going to drive them in the morning and I'm going to take them to doctor's appointments and I'm going to you know I'm going to be there and um, so in a way I do feel like I can be all in on one and then all in on the other. Um, I'm trying desperately to get a job at home so that I can stay, <laughs> sleep in my own bed, which has never really happened, but that would change the dynamic of that whole thing too. Then am I only yeah. home for dinners or am I only here for breakfast? And when I was directing a movie recently here in Nashville, it was, I was like, yay, I get to like be home for dinner every night. But then the schedule shifted and we were working nights and now I want to sleep in the morning, but then I don't see my family because I'm working nights and you know, yeah. so and that's what happened. Yeah, that's what happened when I had my kids with me. It's like at that point, I'm not even seeing them. You're not, you know, they're oh, they're just yeah. hanging out with a nanny or in you know incredible um you know childcare while yeah. I'm on set and like just bopping around the city but being raised out by of their routine. And yeah, you're like, this is not what I intended. Yeah, yes, of having like of working in the city where they are. Um, but. But to what you're saying, it is nice when you are able to compartmentalize in this industry, which doesn't happen for every department within this industry. No, and it doesn't happen not. all the time. No. But I think that that's been the biggest learning curve is like, I'm not, I, there is not going to be like a version where it all works well, out. Well, our industry in general and every department does hustle to try to find the next job. We spend almost as much time working on getting a job as we do working a job. So yeah. 
and that can be tricky. And I feel like that's where, like, with, I feel like what you were saying before, like, I've been able to ride the waves, right? I've been able to ride all the waves and it's not the kind of job that, you know, has an upward trend where you get to the corner office and the whole thing, right? It's, you don't get the big pension and the, or the big paycheck and the, you know, the big bonus and, and the corner office. You have to constantly climb the ladder, you fall off the ladder and climb the ladder and you're always reinventing yourself and you're always having to prove to the industry one thing and the fans another thing. And I can do this and I can be that and I can do all these different things. But, um, but ultimately, you know, I think that the people that survive are the ones that just keep, keep, keep at it, you know, and can the ones that save their money when they're on the top of the ladder so that when they're at the bottom of the ladder, you, you can survive for a while without freaking out about having to get a job, right? So we're always kind of hustling, looking for that next job, doing the auditions, showing up at meetings, maybe showing up at a red carpet. I've done it before, showing up at a red carpet just to put myself in front of the executives and hope that they see me or run, go to the right party to run into an actor that's going to put me on that sh on their show um, and just kind of hustling in the in-between times. But at the same time, like if you've saved enough and you don't have to constantly do that maybe you can take some time to like really enjoy the family time so that then when you're back at work you can hit it hard and that's what I try to do yeah. you know I really and you do it well well it also sounds like you 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 hustle the opportunity without chasing the fame like that is yeah, another thing yeah. that I feel like I'm constant like doesn't seem like you've ever been someone who's chased fame no you know I know that it's fleeting and I know that it's um and it, and it differs for everyone Someone in Germany might be watching my career every day, watching my Instagram, checking out every advertisement I do or everything I'm on, every talk show I show up on or every um, movie I've been in or, you know, they're downloading this or have the DVD set of that. But then there's someone else that's like, hey, I haven't seen you since Sabrina. And I'm like, okay, fair enough. Like, I haven't been on your radar. It's not something, you know, you didn't seek me out and I haven't been in front of you. And that's okay. That's okay for you. That's okay for me. So the people that are okay with that, like you have to be okay with the, like, um, the star kind of fizzling out for a while so that you can try to find the next great thing. And it's not, it's not easy. I mean, there's a lot of rejection and I think you have to have really thick skin in this business. What is a moment that you, that, that stands out where you realized you had thicker skin than you maybe had before, where there was like a moment of rejection or a moment of someone kind of like really, I mean, you've been in this business a long time where you're just like, oh, actually, I can handle this rejection right now. I don't like it, but I know I can handle it because I know that it's going to be okay on the other side of this. Like, this is not my end all be all. I feel like I have to put, okay, there's like a few things I have to do. Like, I have to be careful when I do an audition. Probably not going to get it. The odds are pretty low. I just auditioned last week for two things. Haven't even heard about them. Just assuming I didn't get them. Um, and if I do, it's a surprise. But then on the other end of things, like, um, if I... Like, for example, with the with the with the Maxim magazine cover and thinking I was going to get fired and all that, you know, thinking, not realizing I was going to make it out the other side. This wasn't the end of my career. This wasn't the end of everything. But then realizing later on that, OK, things do fluctuate and things go up and down. And sometimes there is no bad press. And, you know, there can be a little bit. Sometimes having people talk about you can be a great thing as long as it's not super controversial and you haven't really, you know, been a real prick. But um you know, I feel like there's, there's so many different ebbs and flows and you just, you ride along with them. And I'm, I mean, other than the Maxim one, I mean, there's been so many rejection in general, right. And, and just knowing that 
someone's going to love your work and someone's going to hate it's all objective, you know? Have you had other peers say anything? Like, have you, what's your relationship like with your peers or that you've known for a really long time and you've all had such wildly different trajectories within your career? I guess everybody's always been very kind, maybe because I I don't allow any, like, I don't, um, I don't think I spew hate, so I don't think it comes at me as much as easily, maybe. Um, I don't find jealousy. I've learned early on that my dogs are having a full on dog fight in my kitchen. So don't mind (laughs) me. But, um, I did realize early on that, like, I, um, I don't know. I, I, not early on, actually, probably my thirties, I realized I was with another actor on set who was constantly like, can you believe this one got that movie? And can you believe this one's doing this? And I was like, oh yeah. Why would they? Oh, oh. And then I was like, why am I going along for this awful ride? Why am I not like in enjoying their success as well as my own? There's room for everyone. I'm not going to do that job. I wasn't going to do that job anyway. I wasn't going to get that part. I wasn't going to, I'm not that type or I'm not that, that's, that's not a competition for me. And if I'm working at the time too, then I don't have the space for it anyway. So why am I being jealous of something I couldn't or wouldn't or didn't want to do anyway? So I realized that I should just be happy for people. And that doesn't happen that often. And uh, it put me in a much better place, I guess. What is something that you wish people knew about you or that understood about you? Uh, Back to race car driving. I wish they understood that I was kind of a daredevil. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. How many race cars, like how many were you in actual races? Like, or did you just like sit in a race car one time? (laughs) I know. I know. Right. Yes. I got in one once and I pushed the gas. Um, no, I was asked years and years and years ago, and I think they still do it. The Toyota Grand Prix of Long Beach, Long Beach Grand Prix has a celebrity race every year at the beginning of their race, like the day before their races, they do their indie lights and they do their celebrity Grand Prix. And it usually consists of about 20 celebrities and four professionals. And the four professionals start about a minute back and you have to do, I think 10 laps around the Long Beach Grand Prix, but you have to train. So you go to training up in Lancaster you go to like a real facility and you drive Toyota Celicas for four days. I mean, four full school days. Like you are in it. And I was there with Carl Lewis, who's like an Olympic runner, right? So he was teaching me how to run. I would run to, I wanted to be so active while I was there and do everything. So I'm, I'm salsa dancing with a Baywatch guy and I'm at night and I'm running with <laughs> Carl Lewis after lunch back to the track. And I'm with, you know, George Lucas was there and like Ashley Judd is there, you know? So like, we're just like having so much fun. I think Coolio was there one time. Anyway. So I did that. And because I was a female, uh, I got the opportunity to do it again and again. Usually you only get one chance because so many people are in line to do it, but they don't often have a lot of diversity in there. So they were looking for anyone of color or female to come in and kind of fill in the group. So it wasn't always white guys driving these cars every year. So because I was already trained in it, every time someone fell out for years following, they'd be like, do you want to do it? Because you're already trained. So I got to go back to school for like two, I would have to go do two days, not four, because I'd already done it. So I could like quickly jump in the seat and like drive again. And that track, I got to know that track very well. Recently went to visit it because I missed it. Um, But I got to learn a lot of driving techniques and I really focused on that. And I loved it. I got it. And I started dating a race car driver. And then- Oh my gosh. Yeah. And then I I started going to more races. Then I went to the Indy 500. And then I wanted to, I've never been to the Monaco or the Brisbane. I want to go to those Grand Prix. But I'm not really much of an open wheel person. I was, well, I was, I wasn't much NASCAR. Now I'm more NASCAR. But- (laughs) I just, and then I would, I raced in, um, then I became sort of a secret weapon for people. I I was on the show called The Race, 
we raced a different car every day at the Silverstone racetrack. I had to live on the racetrack in England. What? With these, like, with these, with these indie, not indie, um, F1 pros that were coaching us. And I was racing against like Brian Johnson of ACDC, who is a professional oh. freaking race car driver, by the way. So I was racing against all these guys. I was doing really well. And then like my engine blew up because it was a left-hand shifter and I threw the into the wrong gear. And um, and then there was a Lotus Esprit and I didn't really understand the oh, shifter man. on that one. So I just like, <laughs> I raced in the National Grand Prix with Coolio, who I adored. And like, I, I just had so much fun racing. And then I learned about Road Atlanta, which if you go back to Atlanta, you got to go to Road Atlanta. Okay. They have one of the best tracks. It's so fun. Oh, man. It, well, now I know what we're doing for our next like girls night, Atlanta, mom's night activity. Atlanta, <laughs> we're going to go sure. race cars in Atlanta. Yes. Yeah. It's just something I oh. just loved and adored. And then after I had Mason, I think I did it one more time. And then that was it. Because I was like, yeah. oh, I don't really want to kill myself. I have a baby. Yeah. When, I know the the like now I have to stay alive and healthy yeah. for other people <laughs> because I made me. them. And yeah. someone needs me. <laughs> yeah. It's really for them. Um, It really kicks in when you start having kids. It really does. Um, it really, Natural really instinct. does. Um, well, I, I mean, this is the the final episode of oh. 2022. And I'm so grateful that you, you know, joined, um, joined me for the first, like my first episode with a guest. Yeah. It really means a lot. Um, and do, what, like, you've accomplished so much within your career, you know, and, and within yourself and your personal life, what is not just a resolution for 23? Cause resolutions I are was just, just about exhausting. To ask you what your resolution I know. Um, but like, what, what do you prefer as your kids are getting older? Like, have you started to kind of dream about like what your next, like what you'd want to accomplish next? Yeah. I mean, I'm really like focusing on my marriage because I'm trying to figure out, you know, when they are all gone, what, who are we? Um, yeah you know, thinking about hobbies and activity and, and aging and all those things. But I think my, I mean, my resolutions always sort of revolve around less screens, more quality time. Um, I always love to travel. That's always on my, my list for every year going forward is always to just improve myself in my, I think, I think 23 is going to be my year of discipline. I have to learn to discipline myself better. I have to pick foods that I don't necessarily like, but need. <laughs> I have to <laughs> prioritize a consistent exercise. I'm, I, I hit it hard when I hit it, but it's not often. Maybe I need to just go for a walk every day instead of going to Orange Theory once a week. Um, you know, so I think discipline is going to be my focus. When you direct, you take care of everything. You're like in charge of the whole set. You're, you're answering to everybody on set. Um, when you're at home and you've, you're busy and you've got kids and a family, you're, you're making sure that everyone, you're kind of answering to that set. And so it sounds like you want to, um, kind of maybe just focus on directing yourself a little bit and seeing what you need, what needs to run on your own personal set. Well, it's funny because this last project I did, I was so sick when I started it and I, it's probably the first time I ever focused on eating and drinking to feel good to feel better instead of eating and drinking to survive. I don't know if we talked about this last time, but like, yeah. normally I feel like I'm like, quick, give me a Coca-Cola to get me through this day. Or let me just grab something sugary to give me a burst of energy right now. But because I was sick on that one, it was all about electrolytes and hydrating and good teas and eating proteins. And, you know, like I was trying to eat really clean and be really clean and take my vitamins and all that. And so that I could feel better every day as opposed to like, just make it through the day. And that really taught me, I was like, I really haven't done this before. I mean, maybe on my Sabrina days, cause I was super health conscious back then, 
but I was so disciplined in my work routine and my learning my lines and being on set and hitting my marks and doing my wardrobe fittings. And like, there was such a scheduled um, routine going on anyway, that I could be careful about what I ate when I ate it. What, you know, I had an assistant to go get me food and that, you know, make good decisions for me. But doing it myself as an adult has been a whole different thing. Well, because when you, there's there's so many other things to focus on before you get to that, you know, it's like, hold on, love, is my work stuff done for the day? Wait, what do the, the kids, kids need have to eat? Lunch. You know, wait, do we need groceries? Like, are we gonna go to? The, do I need a reservation? Do we need a did date night? Do we the need dog? Yeah, did, did the dog need to eat? Plants? And then it's like, wait, did I water myself? Do yeah, I need to eat no. myself? <laughs> hold on, no. nope, that's we'll get to that. Let me do everything else first. Exactly. Well, that is a great resolution for next year. Thank you. What's yours? Um, well, I'll walk with you. I'm, I'm not going to Orange Theory. Let's walk. I have, I've avoided the Orange Theory up to this point. And I just feel like that's just not my path in life. No, I get you. I get you. I love doing those workouts, but then they kill me and then I don't go back to them for a while. But the, but walking. So I was, I'm listening to this book right now called Raising Emotionally Strong Boys. Highly recommend it. But it talks all about the importance of, especially with teenagers, walking side by side, taking the family dog for a walk and walking side by side, not looking at each other and having a conversation, especially with a teenager but walking side by side and how much people open up when you do that. And I do mm-hmm. love it. It always feels like when we go for walks and stuff, it always feels so therapeutic. I always feel like I make friends that way too. Yeah. So therapeutic. Yeah. Um, well, we can definitely walk. I would love to go race car driving with you. Let's do it. And I, it's, I had written this down when we were speaking before and it didn't really find an organic way into the conversation. It didn't find an organic way into this one either, but I just feel like <laughs> there is, I just love it. It's a quote. Um, it's a, It's from Clarissa Explains It All, season one. Um, it's a Clarissa Marie Darling quote, <laughs> and it's so great. But it's maturity is a boring state of mind. <laughs> and I just think that that is fucking fantastic. And it's just also been like a through line of just getting to know you of that, like, you know, that you're you really do like the way that you commit to the jobs that you take on is from like such a place of intention of that you just really fucking love it. Like you love directing, (laughs) you love movies, you love being on set, you love creating. And then you also have that same love and curiosity and drive within your home life as a partner and as a parent, um, while also, you know, not taking anything too seriously. You know, when we went to see the Betty White documentary, you're dressing up as like Betty White and you have everyone over and you bring people together. That crazy way. even though you live like a very grown up, mature life, um, it's the idea of maturity is such a boring <laughs> state of mind. And you do such a great job at like uh, at, uh, having joy and like the perfect amount of like childlike immaturity Aww, um, through it all in like the most beautiful way. I do. And, I do and, like and, to have fun. I mean, if you're not having fun, then what the hell's the point, right? So then what the hell's the point? Yeah. Exactly. Well, thank you for hanging out uh, with us. Everyone have a super fun New Year's yeah. um, because otherwise, what the hell's the point? What the hell's the point? Just go and have fun. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this has been a Super Boom podcast hosted by me, Candace King. Produced by Melissa D. Montz and Diamond Imprint Productions. Post-production sound by Chris Henry and advertisement partnerships with ACAST. <laughs>